0: 322 for a fire. The track. There's no doubt that the game has changed, and we are changing with it. Welcome to season two because, in this season, it is all about how we become and stay operational, how we're ready for every moment of our life on and off the job. I'm your host, Jeff Fanman. Thanks for joining me, and let's get down to it. This podcast is brought to you as a part of the Operational Mindset Foundation. Our mission is to mentally, physically, and emotionally prepare you for the challenges you're going to face on and off the job. It's funded through donations, sponsorships, and our work with departments across the U.S., Get involved with us by visiting opmindset.org. That's opmindset.org. There you can find out how to bring a new level of training to your department and how to help us expand the conversation. Now, let's fire up today's episode.
1: All right, welcome back to Mindset Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Bandman. Today, I think is going to be a fun episode. Uh, I am joined by Chelsea McFadden, who is a Cal Fire wife and uh, part of the crew over at Pulaski's and Pencil Skirts. Uh, if you haven't uh, seen them or followed them, we'll make sure all their information's up. Uh, but I reached out to them uh, after kind of just finding them uh, through a couple different sources, reading some of their blogs, reading some of their information, and really understanding kind of their dedication to the spouses of Uh, of active duty fire service, right? Of of the fire service stuff. And Chelsea and I were just talking beforehand where, you know, she's got a little bit different view of it uh, as a Cal Fire wife, more like a military deployment, right, Chelsea, than, a you know, shift work per se uh, issue. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff there. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. So Chelsea, thank you for joining me today.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like let's, let's just kind of start. Let's look at why, why'd you, why'd you start this? How did this come about? What's the, where did this come from?
2: Well, um, I actually have a few friends in the fire service, um, that wives that were really looking for a connection, um, with other, with other fire wives that are going through similar things. And it actually started, during the sonoma fires from a couple of years ago um where we just all kind of felt like we needed people that we could talk to and because california is so widespread and we're so far away from each other in proximity that we just felt like we needed an online platform um Mm -hmm. and so i i sat down with ren um um and and we talked about it and she's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's start a website. Let's start a blog. Let's do Instagram. Let's do all of those things. And so that's, that's where we are. Um, Currently it's just a matter of encouragement um, for, for, for people. It may become more than that. Um, But we just really want to support everyone that is related to, or in a relationship with firefighters at this point.
1: Yeah, and that's because that's not having having lived kind of through all of this, right? And a couple different versions of things. Uh, that's not an easy job. That's not an easy task in life uh, to be the spouse of really anybody, whether you're law enforcement, fire service, military, right? To be the the spouse. Yeah. That that's a you know we. <sighs> I think for years, we kind of gave the quote unquote credit, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're a military spouse. Oh, you're a fire service spouse. You know what I mean? And it, But it wasn't like, right. hey, let me acknowledge what that is and what that takes right. and what that really means. And, you know, I read through several of your blogs. I want to talk about a few of them today, kind of in conversation of some things, because I think they're extremely important. And I wanted to bring you on the show because- you know, I think there's times where the spouse doesn't always have insight into the brain of the service member. I'm going to call them, I'm going to refer to them as, cause we'll talk about it kind of across the board and right. that service member doesn't always have access inside the brain of the spouse. Right. And so when you Absolutely. have down communication, you know, things don't go very well. So that's, yeah. You know, I'd love to kind of just walk this road. I mean, so you were telling me, uh, so you've been, you've now been, uh, You've been married for 12 years, correct?
2: Yes. Yes. 12 years. Okay.
1: Yep. And and how long has your spouse been with Cal Fire? How long has he been? Uh...
2: Oh, goodness. I think it's, I mean, he's been a firefighter since he was 18. So I don't mm-hmm. know how I can't in quantitative years with Cal Fire. Right. I can't, I couldn't. Okay. I mean, it's more than 10. How about that?
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Popping yeah. on more than 10.
1: Okay. Okay. And so like, what has that, how has that challenged you? Like, did you, did you have any expectations of that going into it? Right. Where did that, where did this, uh, where did the challenges start for you?
2: So Cameron started out in, um, with Cal Fire when we actually got married, he went back to working in dispatch, um, for Cal Fire and he was in dispatch for eight years. So that was 2004. 2008 to 2016 (laughs) he was a dispatcher um 2017 he promoted became an apparatus engineer and went to the field yeah so we were we were used to having him home after his 12-hour shift of dispatching for that eight years um so 2017 he went into the field and that is really when I got a really great taste of what that really meant, right? Um, and if you recall 2017, there was a, I don't know if you're familiar with Northern California fires, but there was a large fire in um, up north um, a yeah. bus, about an hour and a half. He was gone for, I think, four weeks during mm-hmm. that. Um, and then there was another one that hit and another one after that. And so it was like that summer, I think we saw him maybe 15 days (laughs) out of an entire summer. So, you know, that was a really big rude awakening for me, um, how to navigate all the questions that my children had, how I was dealing with my own emotions, dealing with, you know, just all of the things that come with being a wildland firefighter's wife, um, or girlfriend or whatever you want, you know, whatever sure. relationship you're in,
1: Significant um, yeah. you I, know, the loneliness.
2: Partner, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's really when it started. And I didn't have a support system at that time, other than my family. Um, mm-hmm. And my family obviously didn't understand what I was going through because they've mm-hmm. never been married to a firefighter. So it was a lot, it was a lot to handle on my own. And so that's kind of where my, my personal passion comes from is that I don't want Anyone to ever feel alone in this, in this job that we do as a firefighter spouse or support system. I want I want people to have what I didn't have during that first year. Right. So that's
0: that's how it all yeah. started for me. Well, yeah, I'm in,
1: so, well, totally, and and I think that's you know, I mean, so for me, growing up with the fire service and going in the military, right in the military, you know, you have a kind of a structured plan within the spouse community, right? You have, um it's kind of baked in already, right? Cause you know, you're going to deploy, you know, you're going to be gone for six months or a year, right? The spouses come together, they take care of each other. Like there's actually a family support group. Like it is a, you know, it's a deal. It's It's already pre-established. And I think that's something that maybe hasn't fully been you know, processed or, or laid out across the fire service or across the law enforcement community because it's more, you know, it's not unified, right? It's not the U.S. Army and, you know, family support group. And here's the doctrine behind how you run a family support group, uh, you know, that doesn't really exist in that space and time. And so I think it is, you know, it's incumbent upon spouses to step up and, you know, reach out, create community amongst, you know, the family, the fire service family, you know, or law enforcement families, um, because you're right. I mean, it is, there's a whole host of issues that come when, you know, your spouse is gone for an extended period of time, you know, or even in, you know, shift work, right? If they're gone for 24 hours, I used to always say the worst thing you can do to somebody deployed overseas is have their wife call them and tell them the sink is like, is leaking, right? Because in man world, that's like, I need to fix the sink. Now I'm, you know, and I'm 5,000 miles away. How am I supposed to fix the sink? I got to handle this. Right. Cause we're supposed to do that stuff. Uh, right.
2: Yep. Yeah, and that's, yeah. I think when, when, when you're newly into it, you don't, that's something I didn't understand. Right. Like I wish somebody yeah. had told me, Hey, you need to like deal with this stuff and then tell them about it later. <laughs> or, you know, hire a plumber, whatever you need to do, but don't, you know, he's already stressed out enough and now he's got to worry about all of these things that are going on at home. And that's not to say that you shouldn't be communicating your needs to your firefighter, but that's to say like the little things that you can handle on your own, do that. And then, you know, talk about it later. Um, Yeah, I didn't understand that at the beginning. Like it was, I got to tell you, it was a nightmare <laughs> for both of us. Uh, uh, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's where, you know, I mean, it's like no plan survives first first contact with the enemy. It's like how how long does the marriage survive kind of that first contact with reality, right? With the reality of the situation. Cause, you know, right now, amongst the midst of what we're dealing with in the pandemic issue and the COVID nineteen, it's like, you know, what happens if your spouse is then exposed and then has to be isolated and then, you know, can't come home. And I mean, listen, we live in a world now that it's no longer, hey, my. My, you know, I'm a military wife. My husband's deploying for six months or eight months or a year, or, you know, I'm a Cal fire wife, you know, or a, you know, forestry wife or spouse where, you know, I know my husband's going to be gone for fire season, you know, off and on, and we'll get to see him a little bit like this creeps everywhere. Now, this really, you know, creeps into every aspect of, of the services nationwide, worldwide. Right now, yep. Uh, if you and it's kind of funny, like profession. I, right? But i
2: and I, it's kind of funny because to myself, I'm like, I've been traded for this for twelve years. We're good to go. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I got
1: this one. We're good.
2: It's, it's, See I you, babe.
1: This. I don't need I you anymore. Made for this,
2: <laughs> like, yeah, I don't need yeah. this. Like, I, I'm, I'm like right now. He's he would he works in Santa Clara County. No, Santa Cruz County. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. and so he commutes from home to Santa Cruz, which is a five and a half hour drive. For those of you who are wow. listening that don't understand how far that is. So we're going through multiple counties on our way to work. Right. So he asked me, he's like, yeah. babe, do you want me to maybe just try to take some overtime? So I'm not coming in and out of the county. And I said, you know, that's probably best. We have a child with asthma. I'm, I'm immunocompromised in a way. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I would, I would, I would prefer that. And so he did. He's, he's gone till April 1st. And then he'll have a Uh, vacation possibly. And I'm just planning for when Gavin Newsom says everybody's held on because they don't have enough, you know, enough coverage because there is exposure. And so I've kind of already in my mind made it up that that's probably going to happen at some point. And so just to be prepared for that. Um, But again, we've got this, (laughs) like we've been doing this long enough now. So the encouragement, I think for, for, spouses that are in that place is you you can you can survive it it's it's survivable um we just gotta have the tools to do that
1: oh well, yeah so, and it's not just even survivable it is workable right so if it's you, workable you know, yes it, yeah, if you take a look at this and say, Okay, you know, this is uh this is where I think the dynamic comes in. You know, of course I could get to say this now because hindsight's twenty twenty and I'm old and decrepit and forty five and you know what I mean, like <laughs> I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> oh, I, I really look- hope that old I, I hope
2: that forty five <laughs> no, isn't old and decrepit no, because I'm getting it's close
1: Listen forty <laughs> five listen, I love my forties. I this is I feel better today than I did, you know, twenty one in Ranger Battalion. I feel like significantly better so i just that's the running joke for me um but but the opportunity to look back to see okay this is where collaboration comes into play this is where you know if you're in this realm and i don't care if you're the service member or the spouse right this is where you have to create kind of this collaboration and i'm going to kind of speak to you know, those service members right now. How do you support your spouse? How do you set your spouse up for success? And then how does your spouse set you up for success? And I think those are the tangible conversations that that we don't often have until after we've kind of quote unquote learned our lesson, right? After yep. the big fire erupted and he's been gone for a month and then it's like, oh crap, we need to have a different conversation about this stuff now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think he learned about you from that first major, you know, deployment, we'll call it, you know, out for the fires. What do you think he learned? Anything? I think he learned that <laughs>
2: I have some well yeah. <laughs> but he learned a lot more over. Let's not beat years, him up so too
1: bad. Run. He's not he's not on the line to defend himself. So
2: no, no, no. No, I think if anything, he learned that I'm I have a high level of anxiety when I don't know what to expect. Um, and that, although I have that, I can still, I can still manage it. Um, and he learned that I'm stronger than he thought I was. (laughs) So, um,
0: Listen, that is, those are two
1: huge things right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that, like, I want to, you know, from a, from an operational perspective, understanding because i because that's you know that's something i know that exists right one okay so we have a huge level of anxiety and you're capable right i mean if you go back to like share the podcast with sherry walling where you know morgan and i last summer did a rv trip you know and i was having such a full-on attack sitting in the passenger seat not trusting her capability to drive the freaking rv uh you know, and Cherry, who's a phenomenal psychologist, is like, would you just let her drive the effing truck? Right? You know, like trust her. She's fine. Um, I think, you know, we get into this space because we also do operate in a world where we kind of control the environment. We're the one solving the problem. We're the one coming to the rescue. And maybe we don't always give that acknowledgement and respect to our spouse that they're just as capable as we are.
2: Right. I, I, and I let me clarify. I think that he knew I was capable. Yeah. I just think in yeah, my well, mind I, I didn't feel I was capable, and so both of us realized together that it, I, it could be weathered. The storm could be weathered. Um, I guess in a better, yeah. <laughs> he found out what I was capable of. Yeah. How about that?
1: Well, well, yeah. I mean, I think that's it. So like, I don't, I don't walk around thinking anybody like I, I've never thought that Morgan's like not capable of something, right. She's super strong, right. cap- fully capable, but just my own internal like compass of having to be the hero or having to be the problem solver or having to, you know, be in control. Right. That's been my latest <laughs> meditation practice. Give up control. Right. right. Well, <laughs> Which is yeah, called, I- you know, Total, total convulsions at times, and uh, but I think giving that up is is different than seeing you as capable or not. It's like okay, you right. know that real deep, deep level of trust yes. that I think does emerge after the events, right? After he was able to, you know, see or after I've been able to see how people step up to the plate, then you have this settle like this this deeper level of oh wow, she does have her crap together. She can do this. Uh, right and then yeah, like, it
2: becomes almost uh, <laughs> and then as time marches on it becomes almost like they depend on that and take it almost uh-huh. becomes in the spouse's mind that they're taking it for granted because they're so dependent on it like it's just built in um and so we have that conversation quite often that it's like you know you're you're not acknowledging how hard it is at home because you're so dependent on that fact right um wow. so yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's a it's a dance man <laughs> it's a definite it's a, dance it yeah. is a
1: total dance because here's the other yeah cuz here's the other flip side I'm going to you know this is this is fun because now we get to like have this conversation right about uh, from the two different viewpoints because then there's also right. this place where then I don't feel valued anymore like I don't like you've become so capable or so you know in flow you've got this handled you can do everything like then it almost becomes like well, where do I count Where do I matter? And I think for me in my time with the agency, you know, when I would deploy and come back because it was a little erratic, it wasn't like structured three, six, nine months, whatever. It was like a couple weeks or a month or three months, whatever. I know at that time, I felt pretty useless coming home. Like pretty straight up visitor in my own home with my kids, uh, with my spouse, with pretty much everything. Yeah. And I can, that was not I, I hear that. that. Not yeah. No, I, yeah, that I'm was sure really well, because uh, I really liked your article here, you know, the, when daddy comes home from the fire, right? How do you reconnect? How do you,
2: yeah,
1: you know, what, how do you communicate with the kids? What's dad going to need? And, and how do we set this up for success? Because I think that's probably, especially today, I think that's probably one of the most relevant. uh Points for all of us is, you know, because it 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 falls on everybody. It just doesn't fall on the spouse to create that reconnection time. You know, there's a piece for dad or mom or you know the service member that they need to be a part with. So, are you open to? Can we dig into that a little bit? Can we? Yeah, absolutely. uh, Like look at this from both angles, from both sides of the equation, Um, because I do know from my standpoint. You know, they was very, that, that was a, that was a decade of difficulty.
0: All right. We're going to take a quick break to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by brute force training. When you're ready to be in the physical condition necessary to meet the rigors demands and expectations of your profession then check out the team over at bruteforcetraining.com and pick up their gear. I promise you it will put you in the condition you need to be in for this moment and the next you can use the discount code Op Mindset. That's Op Mindset, and the team will take a little bit off the top for you. Now, always remember, train accordingly. Now, let's get back to the show.
1: Right in yeah. connection in um, self value. Yeah, I, I
2: feel and, that. Uh, you know, we we about ten years in, finally hit our stride and figured out how to communicate. I hear that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. well, how,
1: what'd you do? Like, like talk to me. How how is this? How does that? How has that unfolded for you? Uh, Um, What have you guys learned?
2: I have to say, I have to be really honest. um, During the Sonoma fires, we went to, after the Sonoma fires, I'm sorry. We went to a family debriefing and Cameron had, he had stayed, he had been called. Um, they called a broken arrow with Cal Fire and he had been called um basically in the middle of the night. They said, We need you to come to headquarters. Um, at the time he was working for Sonoma Lake Napa. Um, and he was he was stationed at Boggs Hell Attack. Um and unfortunately, our son had an IEP meeting in the morning. Um, and so he was committed to be at, at his IEP meeting at school. And so he said, you know, I can't, I can't come in right now. I'll be there as soon as I can after this meeting is over. And so he stayed. And we went to our IEP meeting and then he left directly after it said goodbye to the kids. They said report to headquarters. He had no idea where he was going, what he was going to be doing, um, just report to headquarters. So he drove through Redwood Valley, which was also on fire. Um, about, about the time that he was driving through Redwood Valley, um, we all lost our internet and phones in Mendocino County. And so we did not hear from him until the internet and the phones came back, which was about three days later. So I had no idea if he had made it from our house to headquarters or where in the world he was. Yeah. So that obviously caused quite a bit of anxiety in, in our house. Um, and so we're at this debriefing after it's all over. And I shared how I felt about the incident and that part of it about how how do you tell your kids you don't know where dad is? How do you how do you manage your own anxiety while giving security to your own children? And so while I was sharing that, Cameron's listening to how I was feeling. And then when I was done sharing, he added his point of view to the conversation. And his point of view was, it was really hard for me to say no to going to where I needed to be initially and thinking about all of the things going on and, and not being able to do my part. And when he said that, I said, I felt guilty not letting him go. And so at yeah. that moment, we understood each other. He understood that I wasn't selfishly not letting him go because I needed him here for our family. And I understood that it was hard for him to have to wait. And so I think that was the moment in which we really understood each other. And now we're able to communicate better and understand where the other person is coming from because we've, we've had that conversation. So that's, that's the story in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> that's, and but I got to tell you, that's like, that's some of the best, you know, three minutes in on airtime right now, because that right there, you could see where that exact scenario I think devolves for a lot of us. Yeah. You know. And, and I and I have and, to give a shout-out a...
2: because I gotta give a shout out to Cal Fire for that because honestly, up until that time, we hadn't really done family debriefings. Um mm-hmm. and that was probably the most important conversation we have ever had in our relationship. Um, you know, our kids were even there, so our kids were able to share how they felt and connect with other kids i mean it was it was it was phenomenal i mean i just can't even i can't even describe it in words how how it felt to be there amongst the people that understood what everyone was going through and hearing stories um i got i gotta i gotta say that was probably the best thing we've ever done <laughs> so
0: yeah I hope I, more is to I, come
2: I, I hope we keep doing it
1: yes yeah. Well, but I mean, but see, that's, but, and, and at the core of that, you know, wh- that's, mm, that's phenomenal because
2: it, it is. There's no other way to describe yeah. it. I just, I, I, well, I there, mean, I'm still, I have goosebumps now.
1: Yes. I've, I, I got them. I mean, I, I got it because <laughs> I, I can understand this is, this is where we, this is, this is where everybody's got to step up their game. If you're, you know, as a family, if you're in the services, then, then as a family unit, this is, this is, that's the requirement of communication. And it is no longer, you know, you take that, you take that incident that could break down, you know, it could be, well, you didn't do this. And I felt like that, and that can, that can shatter, right? That moment right there, that's a pivot point. That's a big, uh, you know, why in the road for where you go from that moment forward. And I, it sounds like, you know, that the opportunity for one, you, him to sit down, let's acknowledge him for a minute to actually fully hear how it was for you. Like, you know, taking himself out of the context and out of the space to just hear, okay, this is how it was for my wife. That's it, right? Nothing I can do about it. Nothing to fix. Just this is how it was for her. And then for you to be able to say, and this is how it was for him and to be have the, here's what I like. There was, there was freedom of honesty in that conversation. That's what it sounds like to me. There was vulnerability. I I think Yeah.
2: we were vulnerable. We, we allowed ourselves to be vulnerable. We, without fear of repercussions from an agency, without fear of, you know, what, that of people judging us because we were all in the boat together. Um, Mm -hmm. It was vulnerability. That's really what it was. And it was the freedom to be vulnerable and to feel like we were in a safe space. And sometimes I feel like home's not that safe space to be vulnerable um, because Mm -hmm. there's not anybody moderating the conversation. So we had moderators, we had psychologists there, um, so that really, I mean, it just created a space to be vulnerable with each other. And that, I think is the most important piece of communication in marriage is vulnerability and transparency, yeah. of course. yeah,
1: yeah. and and the willingness to actually say kind of what's so, right? Because oftentimes, right. You know, I, that's a big leap to say, listen, it was hard for me to not run out the door. It, it, I was very torn because I, I when when you said that, I'm like, man, I'm a thoroughbred in the freaking gate and you won't open the gate and let me go do my job. You know what I mean? And but yet I still want to care for my family. And the guilt that came I, from that was overwhelming. Oh, I mean, I,
2: the whole time he was yeah. still here and I knew I mean, we know people that live in Rural Valley. We're only an hour, yeah. and 10 minutes from there. I knew what was going on. We both knew. And actually the funny part is we had been in Redwood Valley in the place that that fire started very close to it. Um, just an hour and a half before. So we were leaving the Valley when it was starting. Um, because we, and that, yeah, it was uh, the, the overwhelming guilt for me. I just, you know, Through the whole IEP meeting, they were talking about it because we lost internet. So they couldn't even print stuff for the IEP meeting. So not only are we talking about it, but now I'm feeling all of this guilt because we're even acknowledging that there's this going on and Cameron's still sitting here at this desk talking to these teachers. So it's just, it was, I got to, I mean, I've never felt that guilty ever again, because now when it's, hey, honey, I need to go save the world. It's okay. Bye. Go save the world. Yeah. You know, like... (laughs)
1: yeah but, uh, but but see that but that but yes and and that is what i think from a service member standpoint we kind of have that unspoken expectation of our spouses that like well you married me you know what i'm into you know this is my life so when the balloon goes up i'm gone you know when the phone rings right. i'm out when the bells whistle i'm gone right and that's like like you should know that unfortunately what i think i'm going to speak from the service member side what we don't do well in early communication is Clear that expectation, like set that up and say, listen, I I want to be clear about what my life looks like because it's not just about me going. It's about like my internal biological processes that are compelled to go save the world, that are compelled to go be in action. And if I'm stopped in that, then then, you know, the likelihood that I will build a resentment around that or the likelihood that I will, you know, be frustrated by that or you know that creates like I speak now like that right there for me if I was still around me even now still does a little bit but like there's a there's a there's a bubbling anxiety for me not being able to go do something right not right. being able to be in action and that's what causes me anxiety and then that comes out as frustration or irritation or whatever it may come out as uh, right and I don't you know I wouldn't have known to have that conversation when I was You know, 18, 19, you know, as a firefighter. I wouldn't, nobody, nobody, nobody was talking about this stuff then. Nobody said, hey, man, listen, you need to tell your girlfriend, you know, that if, you know, if she's pulling on you when there's a major emergency, that's going to create anxiety for you. Like nobody, nobody had that conversation with me, (laughs) you know. Well,
2: it Um, wasn't even like in that particular instance, it wasn't even like a spoken, you can't go. He knew that I needed him there and so he just didn't go um it it was like an understanding between us that when our kids i mean our kids come first obviously our family comes first and so it's an unspoken agreement but even though that was an unspoken agreement he still felt that pull he still felt guilty for not going and i still felt guilty for not letting him like it was it's an unspoken agreement but it's still like like you're saying let it not letting the thoroughbred out of the gate you know yeah it still
1: it still causes the issue 100% i think that's where we that's what i like about what you're doing from from your side what we're trying to do from our side it's like how do we educate you that that those things those little things that that's a natural occurrence right you you want to support him you know and you feel guilty that he can't you know that you can't just go ding, ring the bell and see you later, right? And and so, but this is where, I think this is where if we're not in open communication, like you said, if we're not vulnerable, if we're not actually sharing what's there for each of us at different moments and times, then, you know, what are we left with? We're left with a bunch of assumptions and then resentment and then frustration and then things build up over time. And yeah. You know, I mean, communication is the gateway to happiness, right? Uh, in a lot of ways. <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> you then, know?
0: I
2: like, mean, so, well, you can't, I mean, you can't make assumptions and then expect that they're actually real, number one. And number two, that's not right. communication. That's assumptions. <laughs> so, you <laughs> know, and I, I, I gotta, that's, I gotta, I gotta say, like, it's our, obviously no marriage is perfect and ours is far from it. But, you know, we try to. We try to communicate. I mean, he's like, you know, can I take this overtime? And I'm like, well, we got this stuff going on. And he's like, okay, well, you know, let's let's work that out, kind of stuff. But for the most part, if it's a, a national emergency, I'm like, he's out. Bye. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, nope. I can't. There's no. And number one, his employer's not going to put up with me telling him he can't go. And number two, um, <laughs> I, I can't do that anymore because I, when you know better, you do better. And whether I feel inept or anxious or what, however I'm feeling at the time, I just have to deal with that. I have to, I have to be able to deal with that. And yes, communicate, Hey, you know, this is making me upset, but not in a, in a, in a way that, um, that causes him to have anxiety.
1: Yes. Yeah. So how do you, how do you all now? So, you know, you, you go through this process, you have you know, kind of a a big a big pivot in communication is you share, you're vulnerable, you understand each other. Like how do you how are you communicating out to spouses about creating these conversations or opening vulnerabilities or sharing, you know, it I think it's like a it's like a sharing without putting on them. Like somehow it's their responsibility, right? To alleviate right. your anxiety. You know, your anxiety is your anxiety and you are capable of dealing with it. You just need the love and support around it. Right. Right. Um, How do you, what do you, what do you kind of.
2: I think the experience of that debriefing was me just sharing how I felt without, without blaming it on him. So, Mm -hmm. or his job or the situation or the kids, it was just, this was what happened. This is how it made me feel that was it. That's the communication. Yeah. And without him interrupting me or him putting his frustrations out into that, into how I felt, um, him accepting the, that my feelings were valid and then sharing his own feelings and me accepting that his feelings are valid And that was it. It was just sharing of feelings. And I feel like that's communication at the core is being able to share. This is how I felt without having any, that doesn't have to be a period or an exclamation point or a question mark. This is how I felt. That's it. Hmm. And then acknowledging that those feelings that person is having is valid. Then sharing your own feelings again, without an explanation point or question mark. And moving through a conversation of how can I support you in those and feel when you feel that way, how can I do better so that I can make you feel better about a situation? Um, and just being able to have a conversation without being upset because somebody else feels a certain way. My feelings are my responsibility. Um, and so I'm responsible for the also for the way that I respond to somebody else's feelings. (laughs) So that's kind of how I think right now we play. Obviously, there's still tensions and there's still times when we argue. And but because I mean, you can't in this life, it's impossible not not to have that. Um, But in any marriage, and I would I would go so far as to say, if you're not arguing, it's not healthy. Um, So. <laughs> right. Um, if you're not having disagreements, yeah. it's not a healthy relationship. So, um, but we can have healthy disagreements, we can have healthy conversations surrounding those disagreements. But, yeah. you know, I gotta say, like understanding how he feels and him understanding Every how discussion. I feel when we're in those situations is the key to to being to being in open communication. Um, and I would say in, in order to do that with any relationship you have to be willing to be vulnerable um, and you have to be willing to accept someone else's vulnerability. And maybe if you can't do that without moderation, it's not a bad thing to find a therapist or a third party that can sit with you and have that conversation together. 100%.
1: 100% I think that's the so two key things I want to reiterate there because I want especially the operational side of the people that are listening both men and male and female. I love what you said about being able to express how things feel for me without a question mark or an exclamation point. I think that's that's a really that's that's like Like give yourself some credit for that one because that's, (laughs) that's very, but listen, I think that's huge, wildly important because we generally don't, we either want something back from the person, you know, validation, Mm -hmm. like we're expressing ourselves, but we're expressing ourselves looking for something or we're expressing ourselves to make a hard point, right? To somehow throw it that way. So we ourselves can learn to express Just flat, this is how I feel, or this is how I'm feeling, or this is how this made me feel, period. Just flat, right? This is it. And then, and then, you know, the uh, incumbent on the other person is to acknowledge that, to be like, wow, okay, I can get in your world and got that, you know, I can really understand it from that perspective. Then you can actually transition to the questions because then the questions become workable, right? The questions become like, okay how can I support you with that? Or what can we do about that? Or how can we, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Or why did like you feel the question, that way?
2: Or yeah, yeah like it yeah. becomes a why did you feel that way? And how do how do I make you feel better about that? Or like Cameron asks me all the time, how did you feel about that? Because it's it's important to know that. And, and firefighters, <laughs> they don't like feelings. <laughs> feelings <laughs> are not a thing.
0: No, <laughs> you, don't,
1: you don't say. You don't How so do this you feel? Is, this is the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: So, my, no, so here's another little insider tip. Don't ask your, your spouse that's a firefighter or your boyfriend or whoever they are. Don't ask them how they feel. Ask them what they think. Because it's yeah. easier to think than it is to feel. And once they start telling you how they think, then you're going to set, kind of understand how they feel. Um, and they're going to respond in a much different way. If you ask them, how are you feeling? They're going to say, fine, I'm fine.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> you good. Know? I'm good. You ask them, right. If you okay. ask them what they're thinking,
2: <laughs> what are you thinking about? They're going to tell you what they're thinking about. And probably what they're thinking about is the 9,000 things that are going on at the station that they're not part of right now, you know? So... Or, oh, my gosh, I left, you know, I was gone for 30 days and my kids aren't connecting with me or whatever they're thinking about at the time. But it's important that we pull that out of them because they're not going to openly share. <laughs> it's not, you know, the fire service is brutal when it comes to that. And so that's the conversation. It's, that all, needs of them. To start. it's,
1: it's all of them. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's <laughs> cops, cops are no different. Operators <laughs> are no different. Listen, this is this, 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 this. I've spent my entire entire life. You know, I started riding fire trucks. I got early dosed at sixteen. That's uh, that was my entry into the fire service, and I learned. You know how to suck it up and how to you know shut it down and how to be focused. And you know that was and it. That's
2: imp- and that's uh, and it's important that you're able. It's important that they're able to do that in the line of work that they're in. They do need to shut it down, and they do need yeah. to be able to focus on their job um, because that's how we create safety, right? But at, yep. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we still have to say, how did you feel about that? Or in the case mm-hmm. of, you know, the spouse <laughs> relationship, how did you think, what were you thinking during that time? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, absolutely. They need to be able to focus on their job, but then at the end of the day, they need to be able to, to communicate what was going on during that that time um so yeah it. that's kind of how yeah, yes, I, mean, I mean, about- that, that, understanding the mental health of things when you're a spouse is also really important um and you know i i didn't come by that that training in an easy way we had a officer gunned down in town and he died and my husband was asked to be on the chaplain team in our county for his <laughs> services And I, unfortunately, um, didn't know at the time that I was going to be a person that the wives came to. And so I was completely Hmm. unprepared. um, Wow. And feeling very incapable (laughs) to support them. And so I told Cameron, I said, you know, I don't ever want to be in a place where you're supporting your guys. And I'm supposed to be over here supporting the spouses and girlfriends, and I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so, actually, I went and took chaplain training with him, um, and learned how to respond and and those things. And it's probably one of the most valuable trainings I've ever been to in my life, (laughs) because now I I understand. Now I have. Now I understand him. You know. Um, So there were a couple of things happened. I went to some training, and I went to a debriefing, and I think that's what really. Started the the process of being able to communicate in our relationship and make make things stronger and understand each other.
1: Yeah, I I think that's pretty that's pretty spectacular. (laughs) I mean, because I I, well, I mean, that's what I you know in in all the teachings I've done and try to now you know get across is being operational is about being able to put it on and take it off. Right? There's got to be the whole the whole life approach and you know up until really today we've been great at isolating ourselves at getting focused like all the all the training all the conversation all the efforts around you know being focused on the job shutting it out you know doing what you need to do and nobody's really nurturing that how do i take that off process how do i communicate with my family and and like you said how do i actually get in touch with you know my feelings which are you know sensations labeled that's how i explained it to guys that's how i get them there right i'm like you know what is the sensation in your body right this minute where is it and what is it what is it and then label it uh right and that's been i will i will say for my own personal growth having done all the work that i've done especially over the last probably six seven years what where i am now i am so in tune with my body and so out of my head that I can really catch those quote unquote feelings, sensations early. And and then look and be curious about why, what's coming up for me, right? What's hitting my system? What's triggering me right now? What is what is this? And what do I need to do with it? And then how do I communicate it? And so that's been the growth. And you're exactly right. Nobody feelings are bad. Feelings are, you know, not to be dealt with. And it's still it's sad that it's still that way. And I always go back to that.
2: I always go back to that Tom Hanks quote: "There's no crying in baseball."
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: it's like there's no crying in how, baseball. There's no crying in baseball. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like there's no crying in the fire service. What is this? Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I have to constantly think about that when I'm when I'm feeling the way I do about you know cameron maybe coming home and stifling the emotions because he does that i mean it's a natural thing that occurs it's what he was trained to do so you know and i think he's probably of of the average people he's probably the most in tune because he has the training in the mental health world um Mm -hmm. and so he you know he's better at it than most but he still has those times where he goes back to just not talking about things um, and so sure. I, then then it becomes my job as a spouse to be like, hey, so I noticed you're a little distance lately. What's going on? You know, um, or you're you're, which, you're which hiding behind a, your wood be project. Which,
1: which, yeah, which that can be a minefield too, right? <laughs> Dude, I mean, for right. me, it's like I would project. You totally. When I worked for the agency, <laughs> I had a mac and garage. I built furniture. You know, like you wouldn't believe. Uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yep, I would. I would shut myself down. Go out the garage uh, you know, and, and start building stuff. So yeah, there's impacts out there. So I, I, you know, one, we're kind of getting close to the show. Is there anything that you really want to leave with either the spouses and, or the community? Like, is there anything you really want to uh, leave behind with them or any final, any final words? I
2: think, I think mostly right now, because of the time that we're in and what's going on in the world, I really want to encourage people to, to talk to each other um, about their feelings, about what is happening, have a plan um, when your service person comes home and has to go into quarantine, have a plan for when they walk in the door, how are they dealing with their, their physical stuff and decontaminating, but also how are you communicating through that time? Because it's, going to be hard if they have to quarantine for 2 weeks right mm-hmm. um you're not going to be able to be in the same room you're not going to be i mean that's i think that's where communication really plays a key role um you can still send a text message you can still make a phone call you can still talk to each other regardless if you're in the same room or not that's the beauty of technology sure. right now um and so that was what i would encourage our service people to do is really make sure that your communication is dialed in. And in order to do that, you have to be vulnerable as we've been talking about this whole 45 minutes. (laughs) So,
0: um,
2: you know, don't shut it down just because there's mass hysteria in the world. You know, this is the time to be talking to each other more than you usually do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You kind of got (laughs) to break out of your single focus. I'm gonna save the world. There's a crisis emergency to make sure there's not a future crisis emergency on the home front, right? It's right. that Time absolutely to like check in, you know. Yes. Check in, and I'm going to I'm going to put the challenge out to the community, especially the operational community, right now. Like sometime over this week, I challenge you to authentically share your feelings with your significant other. Like set them up for it. Say, listen, I really wanna, I wanna express actually what's going on inside right this minute. I'd like to share that with you. I don't really need anything back from you. I would just like you to listen and and go and like create the space and make sure they're in the space that they can actually receive it, right? Or listen into it. You know, they're not trying to manage kids and run around and everything else, but but create that space with your significant other. And my challenge to you is actually share how you feel about what's going on or what's going on at work or how that's impacting you that's my challenge out and to them
2: i yeah. want to i'm actually gonna i'm gonna double down on your challenge i'd also like Uh-oh. for them to do that with their children
1: yes yes
2: have, To ask their children to share how they are feeling and give them space to feel it so that's my i'm, I'm doubling down bam. bam
1: i like that I'm good with that. There you go. The double down challenge. You've got to do it. That's the way it goes. I think that's that right there, absolutely. And then because I think you've seen this to be true. Once you begin to do that, then it's not so scary. Right. You know, and then it's it's easier to do it the second and the third. And then it becomes kind of the natural flow. And I think that's your spot on communication with the significant other and the children, letting the children express, because then you're teaching your children something beyond valuable right how to be able to express mm-hmm. feeling emotion you know or whatever and, is going on for them and
2: and it creates it creates open communication with your children for later on my four, my 15 year old talks to me about everything and it's because i've always created a space for him to come to me no matter what is going on and express the way he feels or what happened in his life and so i think that opens up those floodgates for open communication later when time is going to be valuable um, teenagers you know I mean let's yeah that that's a whole that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> so
1: oh yeah but, i got one that, i got one to turn 16 in like what eight days uh yep so she, yeah she I mean driving, hear that so thats it, it
2: does it does wonders for the whole family and I think that that doubling down on that is essential right now
1: um I'm good we're, mm-hmm. we're gonna make that a highlight of the show 100 so chelsea I I know you're, I know you got a lot going on. So one, I want to acknowledge you and I'd love to acknowledge your husband uh, for, you know, doing what he's doing, you doing what you're doing. I really do appreciate it. appreciate you taking some time, you know, out of the craziness to come on the show. Uh, I got a few other things I do want to talk to you about offline, potentially related to the foundation as we're, you know, trying to put out more and more support. Uh, Yes. But, uh, but thank you. Thank you for taking the time. I greatly appreciate thank
2: it. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it was a pleasure. It's great to be able to talk to, to somebody who gets it and share share some good support with other people. So thank you for what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Well, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Share some good support with other people. So thank you for what you're doing.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Today's show was brought to you in part by the Primed Mind App. You know, I've gotten to know Elliot Rowe for some time now, and using his app has been a huge game changer for me. It brings together a perfect set of guided meditations that really keep you in the game. Whether it's sleep, performance, workouts, resiliency, or making those critical transitions between home and work, the Prime Mind app is my go-to source for putting me in the mental and emotional condition necessary to deal with whatever comes my way. Check it out at MindsetRadio.com backslash primed mind. That's P-R-I-M-E-D-M-I-N-D. Download it and check out what Elliot has to offer. Remember, this podcast is only available through your continued support through donations to the Operational Mindset Foundation at opmindset.org and through your engagement with our sponsors. So stop by MindsetRadio.com for all the show notes from today's episode And show some love to all of our sponsors by visiting mindset.com backslash sponsors. As always, feel free to drop me a note with your thoughts about today's episode or join us on Facebook in the Mindset Radio Facebook group. You could follow us on Instagram at Mindset Radio or over at Twitter at Mindset underscore radio. That's Mindset underscore radio over on Twitter. Thanks again for listening and I'm looking forward to next time. Until then, stay safe. And stay operational, my friends.